1: No Dame fans, welcome to a special edition of the Irish Breakdown podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll, I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And we are now at five o'clock on Thursday afternoon. It is St. Patrick's Day. It has been a very, very busy day for Notre Dame and Notre Dame recruiting. Today, we had the pots of gold going out. That was basically Notre Dame social media push uh, for 2021, 2023 prospects. Ton of offers to some of the nation's best players. We talked about that. But of course, we're here now to prepare for the, uh, Commitment announcement of 2022 linebacker Josh Burnham. He is going to make his decision sometime around 5:15. We're told he is going to pick between Notre Dame, Michigan, and Wisconsin. So, what we're going to do here, leading up to that, we are going to talk a little bit about Josh Burnham. We're going to talk, uh, go over some film, I'm going to show you what I like about him. We're going to talk about him, talk a little bit of recruiting answer some of your questions until we get to that moment. Then when he is set to announce, we will go live to that. Eric Rudder, our new recruiting analyst at irishbreakdown.com, uh, just pulled up to that event. He is getting set up. He will live stream from there. Uh, and then of course he will interview Josh after that announcement. So let's first talk a little bit about, jo- about Josh Burnham. So this has been an interesting recruitment uh, he was a guy that Notre Dame's always been involved in. They they've been listed as one of his top schools for a while. They had a shot. Clark Lee started recruiting him. They offered him when Clark Lee was still here, and, and he was a guy that Notre Dame was always going to be, at, you know, a top three or four program with. When Marcus Freeman showed up, it, things really kind of went to the next level with him. You know, I think that there was a connection there with Marcus Freeman. I think Notre Dame has become a really just hot program on the recruiting trail under Marcus Freeman. There's a lot of excitement with people about about what he's going to what he could possibly do at Notre Dame and he's got that personality that connects. I think the other thing that factored into is obviously what's going on at Michigan. Since their season was over, they fired their defensive coordinator Don Brown and they've had almost a complete overhaul of the defensive staff. And I think that is where should he pick Notre Dame, there's a lot of Michigan reporters saying that Michigan's going to be on him and they're going to try to flip him and that's true. They're going to try to flip him, and they're going to stay on him. So This is a young man that Notre Dame is going to have to to stay involved with until the very end, just to make sure you know you can't get him in the class and then back down or back off because Michigan is not certainly not going to back off. But this is a very, very talented football player. And it makes sense why Notre Dame is going after him, even in a year that's absolutely loaded with linebackers. This is a great, great linebacker class, Nationally. And and I think that's why it's so important for Notre Dame to really hit hit it in this class. They've got to be successful in linebacker recruiting this class because. You know, they struck out in 2020. They only signed two linebackers last year. As far as I know, only one of them is going to be on campus when this thing gets going. So, and that would be Prince Colley because I'm still expecting until things change. I'm expecting that uh, Kahano Kia is going to take a mission. So, it's a big year at linebacker. Notre Dame already has Nolan Ziegler in the class. It's kind of interesting. Nolan Ziegler grew up a Notre Dame fan. That was a no-brainer. Josh Burnham grew up a Michigan fan. They both have a St. Patrick's Day birthday. Uh, as does Logan Diggs, the 2021 signing at running back. So let's dive a little bit into, as we kind of wait, let me actually get a question here real quick before we get going. Uh, Dylan Hoffman asks, to me it seems that Freeman does a nice job of being involved in all the recruits on D, regardless of position. Do you feel Tommy Reese needs to be more involved in the recruits on offense, or is he already? Uh, Yes, Marcus Freeman is incredibly involved with all the recruits on defense. I mean, we constantly hear his name mentioned. It's Here's my position coach, and then, oh, yeah, and by the way, Coach Freeman, I actually like what Tommy Reese is doing uh, with the exception of quarterback. I didn't like how Notre Dame handled that. I'm, I'm somewhat understanding of it because it's not a great quarterback class and he didn't get a chance to see a lot of those guys. But other than that, I think Tommy Reese has been very involved with the offensive staff. I don't think that the issues that Notre Dame is having on getting top players in the 2022 class on offense are because Tommy Reese isn't working. I think that there's some other issues and, and we can get into that. We're going to have a live mailbag on, on Friday. Feel free to ask that one. But I would say Tommy Reese is another guy that we hear mentioned with a lot of the offensive players. So uh, Frank Anthony says we Notre Dame needs this guy. It's a it's a big pickup. It's an important pickup. He's going to be a key ingredient to Notre Dame having a top linebacker class. So they're in great shape going into this announcement. But as you guys know, it's it's with anything you you got to finish. They got to finish with this one couple other recruiting questions or comments. Uh, Dylan Bennett says excited for where this class could go and even more so for 2023 considering the push we are giving. Have to think coaches have been listening to your podcast. I don't think they've been listening to my podcast and if they do it's not for advice. Um, I think what this is is this is a lot about Mike Elston and and there's an article at irishbreakdown.com where I talk about this. I think Mike Elston at, since he's been promoted to recruiting coordinator was a very was a very overlooked announcement because it was at that same time it was like after Marcus Freeman got hired they were able to keep Mike Elson on staff you know they had Brian Pullen was the recruiting coordinator Mike Elson was the associate head coach they switched those roles and now Mike Elson is the recruiting coordinator and I think a lot of this is about Mike Elston. it's about him saying look we got to take that next step we've got to get over that final hump and you know he's been here from the beginning I believe he's the only assistant coach left that's been here from the beginning and it, it's He knows where they've been. He knows where they need to get to. And I think this push is is a lot about him. And I think, you know, obviously Marcus Streaming coming on and Mike Makins, you've got a really good young defensive staff. But this ultimately is about making a commitment to getting involved with recruits earlier. And and Brian Kelly's been, I mean, look, I've been crushing Brian Kelly on recruiting for years. uh, And he deserved it, in my opinion. But look, we're constantly over the last month, we've been hearing. Brian Kelly's on a Zoom with this kid. He's on a Zoom with that kid. He's reaching out to this kid. He's talking to this 2022 kid, this 2023 kid. Those are great signs. Those are great signs. And if he can continue this moving forward, those are the things that Notre Dame needs to do to take that next step. So right now, I'm very encouraged with how things are going. And I think offensively, they got to finish better, but there's still some names on the board there. So I, I like where this is going, and and if tonight goes the way that Notre Dame hopes it's going to go, and and Josh Burnham ends up announcing for Notre Dame, then then that's just another step to what it has the makings to be a, a really good front seven class for Notre Dame. Let's before I ask a, a few more questions, I'm gonna uh, look at look at some film of of um, Josh Burnham. So. Here's some highlights of him. The, the, the thing that you got to watch about him is, first of all, great size, great length, 6'4", 215, very athletic. And what you're going to see from this film is very good short area quickness, really good feet, very good closing ability. But what you're also going to see is a, is a young linebacker that that still is very much learning how to play the game. I mean, everything he's doing right now in these first four clips, let's, let's go back and, and look at those again. He's number eight on defense. A lot of what he's doing is just, God-given ability and instincts his, his technique is not great. You know, he he's a guy that plays quarterback on offense. We'll get to that. He's played some running back. He catches some passes. Everything he does is just because he's incredibly athletic and instinctive. And I think those are things that you look at and you say the technique, you can teach that. What you can't teach is 6'4", 215 and a, and a kid that can move like he moves at 6'4", 215. And as you can see from these highlights, this is a, a very naturally athletic player. Look at that short area burst right there. This is kind of what I'm talking about. Very nimble, light on his feet. Look at that. Look at that lateral. He plants on that right foot and just takes off, and then boom, he is downhill in a hurry. You just really see the athleticism and quickness. Watch this speed, closing ability. He's got some punch. There's just a lot to like about Josh Burnham athletically. And Again, as a coach, you look at this kid. Look at this closing speed right here. There you go. What you look at as a coach is you say, look, I can I get paid a lot of money to teach technique, to teach assignment correctness, to teach here's how you line up. You're in, you know, you're an inside hip of the guard or on this player, you got to line up on an outside shade of our of our three technique on this play. You can teach all those things. What what you wanna have is you wanna have the elite tools. And then we're gonna see a little bit of him on offense now. He threw four. I think I saw 1,200 yards. He had about 900 passing yards. Here's a nice play. He's going to bounce this one outside. You're going to see some speed, really good toughness. Look at that strength. And if you want to see some athleticism, go watch some of his basketball highlights. You're going to see a kid that there's a clip from his most recent game. Look at that toughness where he takes two steps and just goes up, rises up, and just two hand jams on somebody in a game. I'm not talking like out playing with his friends. I'm talking about for his high school basketball team. He had 16 points and 12 rebounds the other night. Just a really, really athletic player. Really like his athleticism. And I like guys. that You guys all know this. You all know this. I love guys that that play both ways. And and obviously, as you're seeing here, he's a two-way player. Really good player. He played more mostly running backs as a sophomore. This is a linebacker. This is a six foot four, 215 pound linebacker moving like that. So. There's just a lot to like here. And I think you all are seeing just the 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 athleticism that I'm talking about. Look at that change of direction right there. Look at that foot quickness. Watch that bounce. It may not, it's 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 just kind of he's so it's so fluid and natural that you just you really don't even notice when he's doing it. But watch this cut right here. He's going straight and then just watch this outside bounce. Just watch this. This is right there. And just natural, and then he explodes. Look at him get to full speed. Look at that long stride that's a really really impressive athletic move right there and and on offense is when you really see the athleticism take off because that's where right now he's more comfortable you know just athletically just get that ball in his hands and go and go do something with it there's there's really a lot to like there when it comes to his ability to to be a playmaker on offense from a high school standpoint I, i really i really like what he brings to the table let's get back to some questions here as we wait brandon fry asks um do you believe do you think we have any chance uh with arch manning no
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: But if you want to know a 2020, an elite 2023 quarterback, I think Notre Dame will have a chance with, watch the film of Dante Moore. He is really, really good. Just got a note from Eric. He said, We're getting ready to go live here. So I'm going to get that going and we'll see. Um, we'll kind of see where things go. So, uh, is here's Thomas Walsh asks, is Burnham an example of Notre Dame going after more athletic linebackers? Yeah. I I think Clark Lee went after athletic linebackers. I I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think Notre Dame's been going after athletic linebackers for a while now. I think it's just about closing. I think Burnham is an example of Notre Dame being able to close on athletic linebackers. We're going to take it to the live stream here. So let's, uh, Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. So Josh Burnham has committed to the University of Notre Dame. All right. So that is a big, big pickup for Notre Dame. The Irish score, big with a with one of the nation's best linebackers, in my opinion. One of the most Raw, but but tremendous, tremendous ceiling with Josh Burnham, as we've talked about, very long, very athletic. and you know, he's kind of that guy that minus the technical advancement. He's kind of what you want in a modern day linebacker. He can line up inside. he's got the size and thump to play in in you know m- at the mic or will position. Uh, he is a guy that in my view, has the kind of range you want to play in coverage at, at a place like Notre Dame there's really just no, there's nothing physically that he can't do. And he's just, he's just everything you want in a modern linebacker. I think he can rush the quarterback. Uh, I think he's a guy that, in my opinion, um, can play, he can, he can blitz inside. He can rush the quarterback on the outside. We've had some people bring up, like, what if he keeps growing? Could you put him on the outside and, and play him as a viper? Potentially, if he keeps growing and keeps developing, absolutely. He's got that kind of, he's got that kind of athleticism, but this is a really, really athletic mobile player. And this is the kind of guy you want at a place like Notre Dame. So this is a big pickup for the Irish, big pickup for the Irish. And yeah, Tommy, Tommy asks right here. So who's, who is this? Is this a needle mover? Uh, in my opinion? Yeah, this is a needle mover. This is a needle mover moving pickup. If you want my, some other thoughts, if you want to read my thoughts. I also have a class impact and a commit story on irishbreakdown.com, but we're going to talk about it here. So, so let's do that. But, Look, Tommy, what I consider consider a needle mover, a linebacker, is a guy that, that, look, it's about athleticism, right? It's about playmaking. It's about impact skills. And to me, Josh Burnham has all the physical tools you want. He's got the size. He's got the range. He's got the athleticism. He's got all the traits. He just has to learn how to play the position a little bit, and I think that'll come. I mean, that's the, that's the easy part. If, if that's all a guy is missing, you know, that's the easy part. That's the stuff that you that you can – that's what you get paid to teach. That's what you get paid to coach, right? What you can't coach is you can't coach 6'4". You can't coach incredible, incredibly long arms. Um, you know, you, you can't coach quickness and speed and athleticism and, and just that natural pop that he has when he strikes. And you can't teach that natural football instincts that he has. And, and that's what you look for. It's not about being a top 100 guy uh you know kenny moore says you know this is a clear top 100 talent phenomenal pickup i agree completely uh but to me it's it's not so much where a guy is ranked now as you guys that have followed me long enough know you guys and ladies who followed me long enough know i don't really care so much about where a guy is ranked i care about what kind of upside he has you know that's why when when notre dame landed jeremiah wusu koromo we we thought it was such a big deal because you just saw the upside in the talent there and these turned out to be that and then we Said the same thing when Notre Dame signed Isaiah Foskey. And, and Josh Burnham is, is, to me, kind of from that Isaiah Foskey school of, of, of recruit in that he, he's not a guy that's going to, in my opinion, step on the field day one and, and be a Manti-Teo type difference maker. He's a guy that's going to need more time. He's going to need a, a year or two to get in the weight room, to learn the technique, to have the overall skill set that you need to be an impact player, but the tools are there. And, and to me, that's the important thing. Does he have the tools or not? And and I think he's got all the tools to be uh, to be a difference maker. There, there's no question about it. Um, let's see. Uh, here we go. Should put Notre Dame in the top two for now. I believe uh, I've seen some people say that with in the the right the two four seven composite rankings that. This would put Notre Dame up to number two. They were number one at one point in time last year. So so let's not forget that. But I think that the the difference is last year at this time, they had loaded up already on the guys that would end up being their best players, with the exception of Rocco Spindler and Prince Colley. Most of the guys that, that they were gonna get, they had already got. I mean, they already had Tyler Buckner in the class, they already had Blake Fisher in the class, they already had, you know, a lot of their uh, Dion Deion in the class, they already had um Lorenzo Styles in the class so I mean most of their top players they got early in this class however I think when you look at where Notre Dame is at many of the top players that I think they're still going to get are still on the board so I do think there's more room in my opinion for Notre Dame to to be able to to really add to uh, what's already considered a highly ranked class especially on defense last year the last two years were more defensive dominant or offensive dominant classes these two classes are more these two classes, this class is going to be hopefully more defensive driven is, is the goal. So that's what um, that's what I think Notre Dame is trying to do. That's what they need to add. And it's really important that they get that point. Somebody asked, who is his primary recruiter? Uh, Clark Lee started this one. So you have to give Coach Lee a lot of credit for uh, initially getting Notre Dame in the mix on this one. But of course, Marcus Freeman, when he uh, arrived, became sort of that that take took that over. And I think he took it over over the top for him so a lot of excitement here about this commitment Alex Patey obviously let's go baby Nathan Mayel, you you, so a lot of excitement about this this is a big pickup John A1 see you're in here um here's a question from Dylan Hoffman you think he's going to be a Mike does that depend on uh Tui Alamaka I I think he can play either or and I think that that Yes, I think who they sign with him. If if they get Junior Tugalamaka, he's the Mike, and I think that Josh Burnham becomes the Will, and I think right now it, he's kind of a Will Sam linebacker. Because remember, when they go to the three three five, they don't necessarily move the Rover inside. They're going to have a, a third linebacker. At least that's what they did um, a lot of the time at at uh, at Cincinnati. You know, their three three five was a third linebacker. Now, they could move the rover inside and and have a safety out there, but I, I think we might see where they're actually in 3-4 personnel. So you might see a true Sam linebacker, and I think that's where Josh Burnham gives you that versatility because I think he could play all three of those inside linebacker spots, which are the Sam, Mike, and the Will. The rover, I don't think he's a rover. That's, to me, more Nolan Ziegler and, and Prince Collie. So. Dylan I do think he can play Mike. I think that he also could rush off the edge in some third down situations as he continues to develop as well. So uh that that is certainly only adds to his value. Again, you guys know this. I love versatile players. I love guys who can play all over the field. I love guys who can do different positions and he is kind of a um he, he is that kind of, again, we talked about this needle mover. You're going to hear me use this phrase, the two phrases you're going to hear me use constantly between now and signing day. Is this guy a needle mover? Does this close the gap? And to me, Josh Burnham is one of those close the gap kind of guys. He is the kind of guy that, in my opinion, gets you a, a step closer to being that kind of program that can beat an Ohio state can beat an Alabama, can beat a Clemson, not just get to the stage where you're playing them and then losing, but actually competing with those, uh, <laughs> yeah it, it says great northern michigan kid gr- great northern michigan kid i guarantee he hunts and fishes as well um we recruited i used to recruit michigan a lot of the last place i coached and based on my experience there's a good chance that yes he is a a hunting and a fishing type of type type of player so uh so, <laughs> it would not shock me at all so we're gonna um we're going to continue this. I'm going to try to get Brian Smith here into this podcast. If you guys have some questions about about this young prospect, let me know. This is a like I said, this is a big pickup. Notre Dame in my opinion needs minimum three linebackers in this class. I'd like to see him get four. I think with the fact that they completely struck out in 2019 or 20 at linebacker and and with the numbers being on the shorter end last year, I really think that four is needed and this gets you halfway there. And if you, if to meet the minimum requirement of three they're I mean, they're two thirds of the way there. So, um, you know, I just, I think this is a, a big, big commitment. So, uh, somebody asked if this is a, a Leighton Vander Esch comp. I, I think this is more of an, of an inside backer. I, I think that's the guy at the Cowboys, right? To play to Boise State. I, I, I'd have to watch more of him to really feel comfortable with that. I always kind of viewed him as more of an outside linebacker kind of guy. I think Josh is a little bit rangier. I think similar body type, you know, six, four long. Uh, but I think Josh is more of a, a pure off ball linebacker in my view, but I, I'd have to go back and watch him a little bit more. Uh, the kid, the kid from with the Cowboys now. So um, let's bring Brian Smith on who is from All American also contributes to Irish breakdown. Brian, thanks for joining us, man. How are you?
2: Doing all right, man. How about
1: yourself? I'm doing great. Doing great. So let's let's dive right into it, Brian. Notre Dame goes up into Michigan, beats the Wolverines for a kid that grew up as a Wolverine fan, which from the from a fan standpoint, you gotta love that. Uh it's so fair. let's dive right into it, Brian. What kind of pickup is this for Notre Dame? Talk to me about just the impact that this commitment has for Notre Dame from a ranking standpoint and then from a a talent on your roster
2: standpoint. The first thing I like about him is his ability to play multiple positions. As you and I have talked about him several times in the last few months, plays quarterback for his high school team. He's a linebacker. He could be a D-end, could be a tight end. Versatility sells. Uh, to me, he's at least a four-star recruit. But I know the hard part with him is, A, he has to play positions that he wouldn't play at Notre Dame, Michigan, etc. His high school team is in northern Michigan. But his versatility to me makes him a very, very prosperous guy for Notre Dame. They can fill him in at so many different spots. He has the athleticism to play on third downs in a passing situation, which most linebackers do not because he could really, really run. And finally, he's a kid that's physical. So to me, he's a top 200 kid nationally. But I mean, everybody's got their own opinion. And he is a little more difficult to grade because, like, I live in Tampa. There's a lot of guys that are athletic. He would be in a different situation down here. He'd actually be able to play like one spot at a high school. But I would take him if I was Alabama, if I was Texas, if I was any program. So huge pickup for the Irish.
1: Let's talk a little bit about why it's so important to have versatile players. Because right now we live in an era with the way that teams substitute that – You see it in the NFL. It's sub packages. You you've got your nickel on third down. You've got it when you play teams that are up tempo, you can't always sub. And and when you have to sub, it limits what you do out of that substitution package. So getting a play, getting players, if you have two to three linebackers that can do a lot of things, can cover, can play the run and rush the quarterback, then you don't have to sub out three, four, five guys on third down. It is so important to be able to match up to have versatile players. The other aspect of it, Brian, as you know, is it allows you to be able to match up a di- against different types of offenses. You have to be – you right. can match up against the USC, who's going to be a 3-3-5. You know, you want to line up in that. They're going to throw it all over the field. Running is an afterthought. And then, you know, two weeks before that, you're playing Wisconsin, who's going to run two, right. three tight ends and a fullback. To be able to have – to match up against all those players, you need guys that can do different things, line up in different places – and as you mentioned, that's certainly something that, that Josh Burnham, bring, from a skill set standpoint, something he brings to the table.
2: What I like about him and why I like linebackers in his mold, let's say you play Wisconsin. They obviously have a talented quarterback now, finally, a guy that they were really excited about all the way through, et cetera. Now, let's be honest, Wisconsin's a power team. They're always going to be a power team. But that doesn't mean they can't bring out three tight ends and then go split them out. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of kid that can play in space against a tight end, or a big receiver, and at least be competitive. That's not always the case with Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's improved athletically. Mm-hmm. Leaps and bounds, we, we know that. Obviously, a certain guy that wore number six last year for Notre Dame was uh, a, little, a little different. But that's the exception for anybody, not just Notre Dame. You're not going to have guys that are linebackers that can cover like a corner very often. That's once every 20 years. This kid can at least be competitive against a tight end, a big receiver, and can cover in the flat against the running back, and it could be third down and one. It could be third down and eight. He's still comfortable in his own skin because when you're running against tempo, you got to run pretty generic packages as a rule, as a defense, or you're just gambling and blitzing, you know, depending on who you are. He can do any of those. So Notre Dame doesn't have to worry about getting him out of the game uh, before a series. If it's going to be a passing situation, do we want him in there? It doesn't matter. He's good to go. That's very, very important for any team. Like, Look at Alabama the last several years. They have stunk in third-down situations, over the middle in particular. I know Nick is adjusted offensively. Defensively, he he hates not having big linebackers on the field. He (laughs) hates it. It's just not who he is. It it drives him bananas. This kid would fit in there and play better than most of their guys have, many of which are ranked higher at inside linebacker because he can cover. And mm-hmm. that's just something that's so valuable. And Notre Dame finally is getting those guys year after year. Their depth at linebacker is pretty good, but it's we had a little lull there in recruiting. Uh, they're making mm-hmm. up for it in this class. And he's a guy that can play. I think Will or Mike. I'm curious to what you what you think about that. I think he could play either one of them just fine.
1: I think he can play both of those, Brian. I also think he can play the Sam spot when they go to the three three five look. Uh, I think he can play all those spots. And and you know, you talk about the athleticism. I believe that, and and I. We've talked enough off the air. I know that you agree with me, but he, to me, like Drew White, for example, Drew White was a, is a very athletic linebacker. Jeremiah Wusu's who's an incredibly athletic linebacker. The differences between that and what Notre Dame has signed so far in the 2022 class is they came in a six foot in a six one package. Correct. Nolan Ziegler and Josh Burnham, and even to a degree, Prince Colley, who's six two plus these are coming in even longer packages. And that's important because a 4'6 four, four, six, that's six foot with shorter arms and a 4'6 six, that's 6'4 six, with longer arms is going to be different. It, it is. And that, to your point, that's that matchup part. You know, you don't want to get Drew White necessarily against a team that, like Wisconsin, like you talk about if you're covering tight ends against their 6'4, six, 6'5 six, tight ends, you don't necessarily love that Mike linebacker matchup with Drew White, who's six foot with kind of short arms, even though he's very athletic. And that's where that pass game aspect comes to play. Whereas Josh Burnham, Nolan Ziegler, these are six, four long limbed players that can run with these tight ends, can run with running backs, but also have the size to strike and play in the box because Notre Dame's still going to play enough teams that you need to be able to strike in the box and shut down the run to be successful.
2: Well, they play Stanford every year. That alone means a guy like Drew White will always have a home. And like you said, Drew is not the longest guy in the world, but he's so instinctive. It's insane against the run. He's as good an inside linebacker as there is in the country where teams will get after him is in the pass game. It's not any news flash. And if I'm Wisconsin, I would try to expose him. I know he's savvy and he knows how to position himself and he's well coached. But if he's six, four, he's going to make more plays. It's just math. Urban Meyer talked about it all the time. It's just math, speed, size, length, et cetera. That's how he kind of recruited And obviously, it worked out pretty well. Well, that's what most teams do now. Everything's measurable. For every Drew White, you still need a guy that's 6'3 to 6'5 playing inside or outside linebacker to kind of tip the scales in your favor. The offense knows where the ball's going. The defense does not. Therefore, you got to make up what with length and speed and athleticism. The more of those guys that you have that you can rotate in, the more likely you are to be successful, especially in the fourth quarter if you're in a shootout with a high-ranking team like the USC You need guys that can play right off the bench, that can go in there, and even if they don't really know the scheme dead set, they're a tremendous athlete and they can make up for it with just raw skill. This is the kind of kid that can do that. Notre Dame can't get enough of these guys. He's a great player.
1: Now, when, when you talk about kind of where we see this linebacker class moving forward, Brian, let's talk about kind of what's next at linebacker. We talked about his versatility. I think he is a a Will Mike Sam. I think Nolan Ziegler is a rover that could. It will, I think will maybe eventually grow into a Will. When you look at the rest of the board, this is a great, great linebacker class nationally, I believe. Yeah. Who are the guys that you look at and you say, Notre Dame's got to get at least one of this group, and who would be the guy that you would point to? I know who I want, and it's a kid from out west that reminds me a lot of a former Notre Dame star. Uh, but who are the guys you look at and you say the, the one or two guys that you say if they can add these two guys, you're talking about having a linebacker class that's as good as any in the country.
2: Well, I'm not going to try to pronounce the name you're referring to. Tui Alamaka.
1: I'll do yeah. it. I've, I've had to practice this, but it's Junior Tui Alamaka.
2: He is a pretty darn good player, and he's a lot like the two kids they have. He's a long kid. He can strike. He can play in the box. I think he's a little more versatile than some of the guys are giving him credit for. I think he can cover. He's just learning, And, look, USC doesn't offer kids early in their backyard unless they really need to because, quite frankly, most of those kids want to grow up and play for USC. Uh, getting him to flip from them is, all, ironically, much like uh, Burnham, kind of ironic because everybody thought that kid, myself included, was well, just going to go to Michigan. I didn't watch his film early on because of that. Same with the kid you're talking about in California. Oh, he's just going to go to USC. They usually do. That kid can play Mike. He could probably play Will if, if you really wanted him to. And the 3-3-5 scheme, you'll have to explain that more. That's not my, not my cup of tea. I don't know much about it yet where he would play in it. But you've got to have guys that can strike and play the run. Stanford, again, they're going to play Michigan State and the future teams like that. You've got to have them. I still think he's a better in-the-box guy but I'd love to have him. The other guy, there's two or three different players. Cheeks, obviously out of Evanston, Illinois, basically Chicago is one. And then the other, the Jackson kid out of Nebraska, they're a little bit different. I'd take either one of them and call it a day and be very happy. There are other kids as well. that could play that. And it depends when you say linebacker, do you include the quote unquote Rover position Mm -hmm. or number six played? If that's the case, that that gets very interesting because a lot of safeties can move there, and that that's a really unique position, and arguably the most difficult to recruit on defense now because you need to be part corner and part D end. Good luck. Mm-hmm. But those are the main guys right there. Those three, they need to get two of those three. Hopefully, they can secure that before summer's out.
1: And we're also talking about if they're able to get two of those three. We're also talking about a situation, Brian, where they're they're pairing you with Prince Collie. That that's the other thing oh. is that they're going to be on the same yeah. roster. And you talk about that rover position. I mean, to me, that was my highest graded Notre Dame defensive recruit last year.
2: He was my number one guy, period.
1: <laughs> he's he's legit. I mean, you're talking about a run a, a linebacker that can rush for one, 1,900 yards as a senior. As a junior, played wide receiver, had over 60 catches <laughs> for 1,000 yards. They just don't make like guys like that very often. And Notre Dame's been fortunate. I'll, I'll give this staff, it's been different staffs, but You know they've been able to find those freaky guys. Obviously, Jalen Smith was in their backyard. That was a different story. Mike Elko went out and got Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. Clark Lee went out and found Prince Kali. Uh, And and now, obviously, this this group. But but they're getting closer when it comes to that athleticism. But I think the difference between what this class needs to be, Brian, and what we've seen in the past is they've been able to land that one guy here and there. What we haven't seen them do is have, number one, back-to-back strong classes. And and then number and then the biggest part is having that one class that just loads you up with elite players to where if you strike it big in this class, it not only impacts what you have on your roster, but even more important, Brian, it resets things the way that last year's cornerback class did, where now you're not worried about depth. You're saying, okay, who are the elite one or two guys that we can now go recruit and put all our 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 focus on them? So once you restore the depth chart with the numbers and talent that you need, now you're getting into it where your board doesn't have to be as big, and you can focus on. Now, we're gonna if we're the only guys that we're recruiting next year are guys that can push the ones that we had in this class, and I think that's a that's where Ohio State is, that's where Clemson is, that's where Alabama is, and now on defense, Notre Dame is getting closer and closer with last year's corner class, this year's potential linebacker class to getting to that point. What are your thoughts on that, Brian?
2: Hopefully this class does that. And and like you said, Prince Kali is a a very, very important player because he could play next year. It's not like they're loaded at the rover spot with experience. Mm -hmm. Jeremiah got all the reps for a good reason. Mm -hmm. But now you add guys behind him that can compete with him. You not only push him, but you have depth. I mean, injuries happen. It's football. It's part of the game. Notre Dame needs that depth, and they didn't take a lot of linebackers recently in the last couple classes. You finalize all the depth. Plus, you're getting guys, I think, at the very least, like, Burnham's going to play special teams from day one. He fits the role. He's the kamikaze going down on a punt or a kickoff. He's that guy. Hopefully, they can get Jackson or they can get somebody else in that mold. But they can also get depth at all the spots. And when you do that by pushing the pile with true talent, not projects, it changes the outlook of the roster. It changes the attitude in the weight room. It changes your program. And then finally, just to kind of put it in perspective, I live in Tampa and I travel around Florida and Georgia all the time. Kids pay attention to that. They don't want to just go somewhere and be the guy. They want to be one of the guys. It matters. It goes back to when Pete Carroll was at USC and they kicked the crap out of everybody in recruiting. They had guys coming from Georgia, New Jersey and stuff because it was so different out there in the competition level. And they were talking about four and five-star guys. Notre Dame's on that cusp, but you have to prove it. Now they're starting to kind of get in on those kids. But, like, if you do really well today, adding this player, then you get a couple more. The number one guy on my board is Rogers out of Mississippi, regardless of position, the corner, Kamari Rogers. It matters when he can look up and say, okay, who does Notre Dame have committed? Why would I want to go all the way from Mississippi to play in South Bend? You've got to have something different for a kid like that. Mm -hmm. Because he probably didn't even know what state Notre Dame was in, and I'm being dead serious before recruiting start. Those kids down here. They don't know much about the northern schools. You have to be a little bit different. So having a lot of kids committed early that, hey, this kid's four-star, four-star, this kid's borderline five-star, they're going to look at that. I talk to these kids about it. It's not a newsflash. It matters to them that you have big-time players already on board because a recruitment like Rodgers, just for instance, that's going to be a marathon, not a sprint. I don't care if he committed to Notre Dame today. Alabama's
1: not going to stop calling. <laughs> LSU's not going to stop calling. All those schools—they're going to stay yeah. on him until signing day, and then probably beyond. They're going to be on until he shows up. And to your point, Brian, I mean, you look at last year—they got Gabriel Rubio, who's a top hundred recruit, a defensive tackle. They got Prince Cally, who's a top—I mean, SI All American. Had him as the number forty-nine. They had him both as top fifty players. Josh yep. Burnham's a top hundred player. Tyson Ford, in my opinion, is a top hundred player. I think Aiden Gabara is going to end up being highly ranked. But, you know, right now he's not. But, you you know, you add Junior Tuli Alamaka to the class. That's another top 100 linebacker. To your point, all of a sudden, you know, Kamara Rodgers and Xavier Nwankpa and, and Jair Brown are saying, hmm, what's going on up there at Notre Dame? Because I I, I think there's something that's – here's the, here's where Notre Dame is, to your point. Football is a little different than basketball recruiting because in basketball recruiting, one player can completely change oh, the, the future of a program. And so you you don't mind being the guy in basketball. In football, I had a parent one time of a five-star recruit ask me why his son doesn't get as much attention on the big stage as like the five star basketball players. And I said, Because I said, if a five-star basketball player went to Oregon State, Oregon State's in the NCAA tournament next year. I said, if your son goes to Oregon State, they're still gonna be terrible. He's gonna be a five-star player, but they're still gonna be terrible. You know, and so kids want to play with other great players. They want to win, they want to be compete because they know their job is made harder when they're not surrounded by other great players which is why you say that's why Alabama loads up every year but where Notre Dame is I think kids also are attracted the notion of I want to go be surrounded by other great players but I want to do something that hasn't been done before and I think that the more Notre Dame starts loading up on these kind of kids and you start getting this mantra of hey we're going to be the group that's going to do something at Notre Dame that do you want to be the eighth title team at Alabama or do you want to be the first title team at Notre Dame in 30 years and i think there's something to that but it requires those dominoes to fall and to me josh burnham is one of those dominoes that needs to fall to get the the even bigger ones down the road that aren't from you know four or five hours away from from south bend like josh burnham is you and no, I, Brian, I just, we've been, you and I, you I have, have known each other Aderville. for over 20 years mm-hmm. and we've been talking about this. Notre Dame is way too late, constantly getting involved with 2023 kids. And the thing about today is it wasn't just a bunch a, a cool social media push. We talked about this on the channel earlier. It wasn't just, Hey, we sent out a bunch of cool tweets. They sent out a bunch of offers. Those offers don't happen because they look at a rivals list or a 247 list. Oh, that guy's ranked high. They've done their research. They've looked at the film. They've looked at the transcripts. They're getting a legitimate early start with these kids. And you have to do that to get these top players, to get that two, three guys a year that are different. And I think the other key thing that's happening now, and last year was part of it, and this year is too, is you have to recruit your base better. To, to your point of you have to get the Blake Fishers, you have to get the Rocco Spindlers, you have to be willing to go up into Michigan and beat Michigan for a top 100 recruit, which that was a battle Notre Dame sometimes wouldn't even fight. You have to be willing to go into Ohio and battle Ohio State for Lorenzo Styles. You have to. And you start getting those guys that's where that foundation comes from that makes it more attractive to Prince Colley's another example Tennessee's I consider a base state for Notre Dame because it is so close he can get in his car and just drive up to Notre Dame for a visit if you need to and they were able to do to to be so successful recruiting those areas last year with highly ranked guys that it now sets them up on a stage where now you can maybe expand a little bit they're going out to California a lot more this Brian we We've talked about this. California, Texas, and the Southwest are getting way more attention since Mike Elson's took over as recruiting coordinator. Notre Dame basically gave up on Florida for like four years. I mean, essentially, if you weren't from a private school in Florida, they weren't going to waste their time with you, with the exception of really Joe Wilkins. They're going after a lot more kids in the state of Florida now. So this is a staff to me, especially on defense, that is far more willing to say, I don't care who you've been offered by. I don't care who you're committed to. They're trying to flip a kid from Ohio State for Pete's sake. This staff, in my opinion, especially on defense, will battle. And that's so important because you're going to lose most of them. But you that's how you get that one or two different kind of cats that can take you over the over the edge. Burnham is step one. And now get you one step closer to the next group of guys that can truly get that pro this program over the hump, at least defensively. Well, you know, offensively, we'll see. Least defensively, they're they're on the cusp, Brian. They just got to close. And today is a, to me a, an example of of that next step. Not just a pot of gold, but also being able to go into Michigan's backyard and and beat them for a kid they wanted. That's big time. A top hundred kid they wanted. Okay. Well, hey, Brian, thanks for joining the show. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Uh, we will have a we will be on tomorrow. I, I did. I already recorded an interview actually with John Garcia where we broke down. Uh, Jaden Mickey, we broke down Josh Burnham, and then we talked about five of the prospects that Notre Dame are the secondary, second-level, second- and third-level players. We talked about Junior two, Alamaka, Kamari Rogers, Jair Smith. Um, talked about Jaden Mangum, and we talked about Devin Moore. So, Brian, you know, I, when I get John on, I got to talk DBs. I got to
2: do well, it. Well, that's his thing. He's very that
1: That's him. his baby. So we talked about that. So we'll have that tomorrow. So keep an eye out for that. We'll have a Friday Life mailbag. I'm sure there'll be a lot of recruiting questions on that. Uh, and um, and that'll be it. So make sure you stay locked into irishbreakdown.com. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, and please hit the, the notification button so you get uh, live updates and when we post a show. And wherever you listen to your podcasts, sign up and subscribe to the Irish Breakdown podcast. So thank you all for joining us. We had a huge crowd today. This was great. I want to see all of y'all in the show on Friday. We'll have a live show on Friday. We'll answer all your questions. It'll be me and Vince be back together and uh, appreciate you all being with us. Brian, thank you again for, for joining me uh, on today's show. Absolutely. Everybody have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to y'all tomorrow.